don't know if I would say if Sarah had moves, but she was moving. Yeah, she was. That's for sure. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Back to School September. We started off with sky high. People were talking about War and Peace. They were talking about Will Stronghold. A lot of Gwen Grace and love also. I mean, she's hot, so I get it for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just evil, a villain. We love yeah, we uh we had a great time with Sky High. I am very excited for like the rest of our lineup as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some very fun things coming, so stay tuned. But before that, let's talk about today's movie. Oh yes, we have. I'm sure everyone has seen the final scene of this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Today we are doing the 2001 dance classic. Save the Last Dance. Yes. Um, I had actually never seen this movie before. I had definitely like seen bits and pieces of it. I'd like caught it on TV here and there growing up, but yeah. I'd never actually seen the full thing. Um, so it was like it felt very full circle to finally like watch it in its entirety. Yeah, absolutely. I was so curious to see what the plot of the movie was. Because yeah. I, I again I've only seen that last dance scene, but yeah, it was really interesting. I think that Sean Patrick Thomas gives an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He really like is a is an amazing scene partner. And uh mm-hmm. I also was just excited to see Carrie Washington as like love you. Oh yes. <laughs> I hadn't I had no idea she was in this movie because I went in like pretty blind. Either. And I guess like in all the clips I'd seen, I'd only really seen like the Julia Styles, Sean Patrick Thomas stuff. Sean Patrick yeah. Thomas stuff. <laughs> and um so yeah, I was delighted to see her. Yeah. We'll give you the numbers, baby. This was a $13 million budget. Pretty modest, I would say, for like a full movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, in the box office, $131.7 million. Huge return. My God. <laughs> right. Like they made 10 times the amount they spent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say it was received pretty pretty poorly yeah though the ratings were quite low which i i do get because i think that it was really focused on julia styles story living in a predominantly black neighborhood yeah and i was like why are we getting her perspective yeah (laughs) like i think that it would have benefited from having more dynamic characters around her which is like a flaw with the writing Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, we'll we'll get into it later, but a lot of the issues that I have with this movie is just, like, wasted potential and, like... Absolutely. ...really poor follow-through and a lot of the storytelling because we get, like, these nuggets that are really, really good and then we just, like, never see them again or, like, this person's storyline just gets kind of dropped or it gets, like, mm-hmm. barely even resolved and I f- it's just, like it's just like kind of disappointing in a lot of ways. And I watched yeah. this um, video essay by a YouTuber named Khadija and it's called the white gaze of save the last dance. And that video I think like does a really good job of kind of summarizing a lot of the issues with representation in this movie and mm-hmm. kind of its failings. 
So I really recommend giving that a watch. It can definitely like touch on this way better than I can. So I'm going to leave the link in the show notes. I recommend, you know, a little further reading, a little homework to go with your episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely was like bummed because there are so few Y2K movies that are publicized, right? That are in like the zeitgeist with a majority of black or people of color Mm -hmm. characters. So I was like... Let's get into it. And then I was like, oh, let's but. not get into this. One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they were like, we're not going to get into it, actually. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is this movie has an incredible soundtrack. Like, yeah, I was it does. Literally like, Siri, what song is this throughout the whole movie? Mm-hmm. Um, and they did release the soundtrack at the end of 2000. Mm-hmm. And it charted on the billboard 200 it peaked at number three that's wild yeah that's pretty great for a movie soundtrack yeah there's tons of really really great music in this movie i definitely recommend hopping over to spotify yeah giving it a listen oh yeah we also learned that um the writer for this movie who wrote the screenplay was Dwayne adler who you may have seen some of his other work he wrote the step up movies um, I also read on Dwayne Adler's Wikipedia that he actually hired Cheryl Edwards, who um, also did Against the Ropes and Frankie and Alice, to rewrite the screenplay over the course of nine months, then took her to arbitration to claim sole screenwriting credits. Of course. Of course, because... Yeah, that's so fucked up. Yeah, I I really do not like this man. No. But um I think yeah, let's just get into it. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm yeah, I'm excited to hear everyone's thoughts. Please let us know what you think if you have seen this movie. Yeah, I I would love to hear from people who like watched this movie a lot growing up and like what they think of it now and what they thought of it then cuz I never watched it as a kid. This is like fresh eyes, so. Yeah. Would love to hear your thoughts. And before we jump into it, also, we do have our bonus episode up on the Patreon this month. Yes. We covered Spy Kids. Oh, yeah. Guys, 2001 <laughs> Spy Kids. I feel like that movie definitely raised me. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested in listening to that, you can go to the link in bio or the show notes and head on over to the Patreon. With a subscription, you also get access to our Discord You get your personalized montage song emailed over to you, and you get to be on our close friend story. Yes, and if you haven't gotten your montage song yet, we are sending them out in batches. So, like, I promise they they've been going out. Yours is coming. Um, And if you are a patron and you haven't filled out the form to give us like your email and some information about you, please do so we can get your montage. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, shall we just head into it? Let's jump in. So the film opens up immediately. We have a very like I noticed throughout actually the whole film. It's a very cool toned color palette. It's a lot of like grays yeah. and blues. And we see Sarah, a.k.a. Miss Julia Stiles, sitting on a train looking out the window. It's very gloomy. And this woman comes and sits at the like on the seat across from her and notices that there is a dance magazine sitting on top of her bag and she's like 
oh my gosh, I just love the ballet. Do you dance? And Sarah, she's she's a very moody gal. She's just like, no, not anymore. I got to say, if I said that to like a 17-year-old and the 17-year-old goes, no, not anymore, and be like, I'm going to find a different seat now. <laughs> yeah, be like, oh, I'm okay. Bye. <laughs> I would All be right. out of there. Very cryptic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have a flashback to Sarah rehearsing at home and her mom sits her down and gives her this four-leaf clover necklace. And she tells her it's for love, not for luck. And Sarah says, you're the best luck I'll ever have. So clearly her and her mom are super close. They really love each other. It, it, I'm pretty sure this scene kind of makes it clear that she's a single mom mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So then at school, we see Sarah talking to her friend Lindsay about her Juilliard audition. Whoa. Big ambitions. And she's like, yeah, my mom's driving me there after lunch. And her friend is like, oh, we should pray now since I'm not going to see you later. So also mm-hmm. setting up the the very like religious, suburban environment that she's from. I don't actually know what state she's in in the beginning. Do they even say? I don't know. I kind of just assumed Midwest. Yeah. But I really don't. I'm almost wondering if she was maybe from like Wisconsin or something. Mm. And then she took the train to like Chicago. Right. They give a Midwest vibe. Yeah. So we then go to like the the florist shop, the flower shop that her mom own slash works in we don't really know a lot kind of happens like very quickly in this opening flashback Mm -hmm. and basically her mom lets her know that like work is a disaster today we had some people call out there's like a million orders so she can't take her to her audition sarah is very upset about this but her mom is like i'm sorry there's nothing i can do but you know i promise i'm gonna i'm gonna be there by the time you go on don't worry So Sarah goes to her audition alone and goes out onto the stage, but she doesn't see her mom in the audience. We see her perform while her mom is like rushing to make her audition. We see a tractor trailer stop. Like, I think it's like a crash happens with the Mm -hmm. tractor trailer. And then behind the truck, her mom tries to avoid the crash, but she ends up also being a part of the car crash. And simultaneously, we see Sarah like fall on her ass during her contemporary piece. Afterwards, she gets the horrible news about her mom's car crash. So they just start out with like immediate trauma. trauma. It's a, I mean, it's a strong, it's a bold opening. It did make me think about, um, you know, how Raise Your Voice, it's very early on in Raise Your Voice when her brother passes, yeah. but we do at least get like a little bit of slice of life before all of that. They like sneak out together. They have a barbecue, like, yeah, set the scene a little. Yeah. Give us like some semblance of her family life, but instead we start with her, her family life already being like completely uprooted. And I'm sure this is a purposeful choice because at the end of the day, like this movie is a fish out of water story. So it makes sense for them to start from that place, I suppose. Mm -hmm. 
So after we've had this flashback, Sarah gets off the train in Chicago where she is met by her father, Roy. Um, they clearly have a little bit of an estranged estranged relationship. Mm-hmm. They have some small talk about her train ride before they head to his car and he drives her to his apartment. And on the way to his apartment, he apologizes for leaving so soon after the funeral. And he's like, oh, I would have stayed if I didn't have this gig in South Bend. So absentee father, not really involved, not really the the right kind of environment for a young grieving child. I just think I figured it out. I think she's from Indiana. Uh, that makes sense. But yeah, they go into the apartment. You can already tell from the stairs going up that it's not like a inexpensive spot Mm -hmm. like the paint's peeling it's like an older um like house that's like multi-family house yeah and yeah his apartment is really dingy you can tell it's like a total bachelor pad yeah which is it's basically like this is the kitchen here's my room um here is the living room Mm -hmm. and here's this defunct room that i have like my crop in yeah with a hole in the wall and she's like, where am I supposed to sleep? And he's like, uh, well, you'll have to sleep on the pull-out couch for now. Like, I didn't have a chance to finish your room. So he's, like, really unprepared. Mm-hmm. Sarah is just totally buttoned up the entire time. She really doesn't show any emotion. And mm-hmm. she just starts kind of unpacking these pictures of her mom that she has. Yeah. So the next day, diving right in, she's got her first day at her new school. Just event after event after event. The pace is quick. We're we're moving right along. Mm -hmm. So she gets out of the car and walks up to the school. And it's like very much a predominantly black school. She's pretty much the only white person there. There's a lot of kids like blasting hip hop on the boombox outside and it's very lively like everybody's chatting in the hallways and um, we see her go through a metal detector she looks like very unfazed by it all which was like kind of surprising to me because it's it's supposed to be such a contrast to her previous environment but I think Mm -hmm. that they were going for like oh she's just very checked out yeah yeah I I get what you mean there I do think that there's like a really fine line between just being like, oh, I'm super checked out. All this has happened to me and it being like, look alive. Mm-hmm. Like you're the star of the movie. Yep. <laughs> Give so, us a little something, you know. <laughs> she goes into class. They are talking about Truman Capote. And um, the teacher asks the student why Capote shifted American literature, you know, People are, like, not paying attention and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And the teacher tells Sarah, like, not to worry about the book yet. But Sarah has already read this book. And she tells them what Capote did was create the nonfiction genre. Another classmate, Derek, says that Capote scared white people because he took hardcore crime out of the ghetto, quote-unquote, and dropped it into America's backyard because um, he, like, wrote about an actual murder case, which is, like, not unusual anymore. We have, like, true mm-hmm. crime podcasts yeah. and shows and, like, all that sort of stuff. Um, but it was really the first time that crime was perceived as something that could happen to anyone. Right. So Sarah combats Derek's comment, and she's like, well, that's part of it. But Derek is like, no, that's all of it. Capote wasn't the first to do nonfiction. 
Um, And he says that Richard Wright and James Baldwin also wrote nonfiction, but nobody was reading them. And Sarah's like, lots of people read them. And he's like, okay, did you? you? Bitch, do you? Mm -hmm. And she just like looks down kind of like embarrassed because, yeah, she's he's like calling her bluff. Oh, see, like even in this scene, I'm like, this could have had so much potential to be like a like back and forth. I meet you at your match. Yeah. But we're just getting nothing from Sarah that it's like not Mm -hmm. popping on screen. It's like, here's something that could be a real like tension moment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're done with the moment. Mm -hmm. And like, I know that Julia Stiles can can do that because she did it in 10 Things I Hate About You. She's kind of like, I, I find her to be like a really like hardcore Mandy Moore. Mm. Like she always plays like this like super just like firm kind of like a aggressive girl right. that would be like if Mandy Moore played this game character, it'd be like super sweet like candy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is why we needed that like backstory of what she was like before her mom's death so we could see some of the contrast because if they're going for like oh she's you know she's grieving she's kind of like in shock then we could see the contrast Mm -hmm. like who the like the person that she was before but because we don't get any of that it's just kind of like right like it just kind of falls flat you know like show me her in church or like did she volunteer a lot like we get that she was into ballet, but we don't even see her take dance classes. The potential, it could have been there. <laughs> right? To even have her be like talking to a dance teacher who's like, like we nominated you for this scholarship at Juilliard or like you're nominated as the like one junior we want to audition for early admission or some like shit like that where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, like you were really a promising dancer or like. Right. You were like X, Y, Z, like, I don't fucking know, but yeah, we get nothing. It would have heightened the stakes too, but okay. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. So (laughs) after this class, Sarah walks like through the hall with her books. She goes to her locker and she ends up actually like putting her bag down on the ground while she's loading her books into her locker. And Miss Carrie Washington oh comes God. walking through the hallways. Finally, we have some sort of like lively presence in this film. And she is playing the character of Chenille. She sees like Sarah's bag on the ground. So she picks it up. And when Sarah turns around, she hands it to her and is like, this is how easy it is to give to charity here. Like, don't put your things on the ground. And Sarah's like, oh, my God, thank you. And then by the time she turns around to, like, introduce herself, potentially make a new friend, Chenille's gone. She's on her merry way doing her thing. At lunch, Sarah looks for a place to sit. She sees, like, a table of white people. She sees some other cliques. And she sees Chenille. And she goes to sit down at Chenille's table. But just as she's about to, like, introduce herself, some other girls swoop in and take the chairs So she ends up sitting with these guys who are, like, kind of hypothesizing about the, like, Y2K generation. Yeah, it was so interesting because he refers to them as, like, the 2K generation. I've never heard that phrase before. So I, like, looked it up, and that was the early name for millennials. Ah, wow. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. But, yeah, I don't know if they're supposed to be like high or if they're just like. I think they're just supposed to be kind of weird. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, it was like if you wanted her to sit with a click, mm-hmm. then make them play like D&D or something. Yeah. I was just like, what are you trying to <laughs> show here? I, I really don't know. So anyways, Chanel ends up interrupting them and actually steals Sarah away. And she's like, oh, thanks for like coming over. They walk over and on the way over, Sarah notices some girls like hip hop dancing. They walk right by it. They walk over to the table and Chanel introduces Sarah to Portia, Tanisha, and Diggy. And Diggy is like this white girl who Chanel says she thinks she's down. There's like this little back and forth where it's like, she's like, I am down. And yeah. yeah. So after that, Sarah notices Derek and like calls him an asshole. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was got, I got into this argument in English class with this guy, whatever. And Chanel's like, that's my brother. And Sarah's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Da, da, da. But Chanel's like, no, you're good. You're good. He's like an <laughs> ass sometimes. And I'm like, he didn't do anything that wrong. He just like challenged your idea. He just corrected <laughs> you. Yeah. So we then pan over to Derek. He's sitting at his table when his friend Malachi comes over And Malachi is like just gotten back to school because he just got out of juvie. So he lights a cigarette and is like, oh, yeah, the judge told me I either have to finish school or finish my sentence. And Derek's like, yeah, but I mean, a year here is better than a year in juvie. And Malachi does agree and says, at least they have chicks here. So, wow. We then go to Sarah's apartment after school she's like hanging up a a curtain partition for her quote-unquote room um i have lived in a curtain room before so this really brought me back to those that three-month period good times that was crazy (laughs) yeah it was when i was in between my manhattan apartment and then before we moved into our brooklyn apartment yeah so i subletted a living room with like a curtain wall for like three months and uh i mean it was it's a good price close to school is in williamsburg so it's like trauma <laughs> it all worked out um i had like an actual bed in there like it, it had furniture like it had a bed in there and like a yeah, dresser and yeah. stuff so can't complain i think just like having a a spot where you like don't have any real privacy yeah it's like difficult yeah but luckily it was it was senior spring, so I was like barely home. Oh, you were new, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Home. yeah. Anyways, so Sarah's doing her curtain room thing when her dad calls her into the kitchen and is like, Oh, t- if you're hungry for dinner, I got some Swanson Hungry Man frozen dinners. I've got every single flavor. And she <laughs> declines this offer and says that she had a big lunch. And he's like, well, they're in the freezer if you change your mind, unless you plan to starve yourself to death. And I'm like, okay, this is like very suddenly yeah, aggressive. Like, That's weird <laughs> yeah. to say. Why are you saying that? Yeah, he's like really upset that she turned down this frozen dinner idea. Because then he's like, well, I have a gig downtown tonight. But do you want to come hear me play? Maybe we can get a bite <laughs> after. And she just goes, it's a school night, Roy. So, the vibes are not good. Devastating. <laughs> Devast- it's hard because I do feel like, I mean, depending on the on your dad, like mm-hmm. dads can be very like, you know, they they 
reach a hand out and if it's bitten, it's like never again. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's hard. Yeah. Like obviously he has fucked up a lot up until this point. He's like not been there. Yeah. He is trying to reach out. It is a little bit, you know, too little, too late, but he is Mm -hmm. trying. In his defense, it seems like he never questioned her living with him. Mm. It's just that he doesn't seem to understand. It's like when Luke took in Jess. Right. And he was like, you're going to sleep at the foot of my bed like a dog. (laughs) Yeah. And... (laughs) <laughs> you like I don't know how to how to talk to you or anything. Yeah, it's not easy to like step into the primary parental role if you've not done that before. Um it's something that he should have done up until this point, but he hasn't. So that definitely mm-hmm. requires some adjustment period. But he does feel the sting of her saying it's a school night, Roy, and he's like, "Okay, well, you can eat or not eat, and I'll be back when I'm back. And leaves. So while he's gone, Sarah continues to unpack her stuff, and she comes across her point shoes, which she takes a moment to look at before she wraps them up and puts them in a little keepsake box in the closet. In the morning, Snooky is outside of the school and he's talking to Chanel and Derek about how the club steps is going to be off the hinges on Friday and he's going to break in his new Jordans and bring a little honey and (laughs) wait, what is this comment? Oh, because Chanel then is like, oh, you're bringing a honey. Like, why is your hand busy? Oh, devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Devastating. (laughs) So, Snooky and Chanel have some back and forth, and he asks Derek to defend him. But Derek is like, listen, man, I have my own problems. Mm-hmm. Derek is currently waiting to get his acceptance letter from Georgetown, and he wants to be a doctor, which I think is said just like so blatantly. Yeah, it's the most ham-fisted exposition. Oh, I got my own problems because I am waiting for my acceptance letter from <laughs> Georgetown, as all of you remember. I would really like to be a doctor. <laughs> so just no natural progression into his life or no. no insight. No. So, you know, Sarah gets off the bus and runs into Chenille and company and Derek and Sarah have this like terse hello and Snooky pipes in asking to be introduced. But Chenille is like, oh, no, no, you don't need to know him. And Snooky's like, everyone needs to know me. They call me Snook G from the CG. And then Chanel's like, they call him Snooky because full was taken. <laughs> and I got to say, like, Snooky is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. He does become the punching bag Absolutely. throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. I thought I was because Phil was watching this with me and he's like, someone's going to die in this movie. And I don't know if it's Derek or if it's Snooky, like the lovable friend mm-hmm. who's like kind of like funny and um, right. offbeat. I thought that. It was going to end with Snooky and Chenille getting together, but I was wrong. So after this moment, we go to gym class and they have to like climb this giant rope in a gym. And I have seen this in so many movies and TV shows. And as a non-American, I must ask, is this real? Like, does this actually happen? So I... Every gym, like every gym class or whatever, like we absolutely, if we're doing like a gymnastics thing, there was a rope hanging from the ceiling. Like oh my that God. Is real. But 
it, like we would never have to go up in a timed fashion. Like that's not real. Like having it be like a test or something is not right. real. Unless someone has other trim experiences that I don't know about. But but it being there was totally real. And like you could climb up it. Oh, my God. Like I remember it being wild. a station. We'd have like a balance beam station and, a, you know, rope station and stuff. Damn, that's crazy. I like never knew if this was one of those just like things that you see in movies. Right, right. Or if this is real. But that is wild to me. So I think Diggy is trying to like climb – the rope. Yeah. And Chenille is on the balance beam and Sarah is up next. So she gets on the beam. As we know, she is a ballerina. So of course she has great balance. Mm -hmm. She is like great at the beam. Everyone is super impressed. She even does like this little, I don't know if it's like a, a jump or a twist or the something. jumps were cool. Her just pointing her toes, I was like, seems a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of this woman being gassed up in ways that I don't think are justified that I don't, yeah. throughout the yeah. film. Like when she does like a, a four-step like ballet move and Derek was like, oh my God, you were incredible <laughs> the other day. And she's like, that was just like a funny little like move I did. Oh my God. Just like mediocrity being praised at every moment through this movie. It's it's. I just don't get why they didn't get a real dancer like if that was supposed to be her mm. big thing yeah either get a real ballet dancer or a real hip-hop dancer yeah i don't know man i don't yeah. know maybe they made money because it was julia styles i don't know yeah i guess she was coming off of like a couple of big movies because 10 things was nine was 99 but gotcha yeah i don't know man it's not clicking for me <laughs> But, yeah, everyone is super impressed by her beam work except for Nikki, one of her classmates, mm -hmm. who is super pissed. This actress you have probably seen playing a teenager in at least eight different projects over the next, like, 20 years. You may – the most recent one where she was still playing a teen was probably Pretty Little Liars where she played Maya. Yeah. But she was yeah. a teen in this. She was a teen in – um. Oh, she was in Saved by the Bell. She was also in like Sister Sister. Okay. Um, she was in Teen Wolf. She was in the Vampire Diaries. She's in She's Teen Wolf. Oh my gosh. Done a ton of stuff. Um, yeah, Bianca Lawson does not age whatsoever. It's insane. Mm -hmm. So after gym class, they go into the locker room and Chanel asks Sarah how she did those jumps on the beam. And Sarah's like, oh, I used to dance. And Chanille invites Sarah to come to Steps with them tomorrow night. And she's like, you know, it's mostly hip hop. It's a members only thing. But Snooky DJs sometimes, so he might be able to get us in. So they go up to Snooky after school. And Chanille's like, hey, I need you to get Sarah into Steps. Hey, Sarah, you know, give Snooky $20 to get you an ID. And he's like, no, no chance. I have a rep to protect. Like, I can't just let anyone in. So Sarah tells Snooki he talks a lot of shit for someone who never says anything. Oh. Everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> and she, yeah, she's really showing her stuff. She's really holding her own in a new friend group. Mm. So she gives him $20 and Snooki takes it. And they agree to meet up at Chenille's and go together. And Derek tells Sarah, Steps isn't a square dancing spot. And Sarah's like, 
then I'll dance in circles and probably around you. Yeah, she's um she's getting mighty big for her britches here. She's she's yeah. throwing around a lot I'm of like, words. He's getting you a fake ID. Yeah. I don't know why you're so angry. Yeah, she like the the thing is, is like they don't justify it enough for her to like hate him this much right off the bat. No, he's just everyone's like whipping man. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, but it's like oh, it's a really weird dynamic for like a new person in town. Yeah. Can't get a read on the character. Like I really didn't feel empathy for this character, whether I liked her personality or not. It was mm-hmm. more of just like I don't feel connected to her. Yeah, I did not feel connected to her whatsoever, which is not what you want from your protagonist. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah, after this scene, Sarah goes to Chanel's place and she compliments Chanel's outfit. She has this cool fit on. And Sarah's like, do I look okay? And Chanel looks at her and she's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You look great. So Chanel then introduces Sarah to Mama Dean, her grandmother, and baby Christopher, who, as it turns out, is actually Chanel's son. So the girls walk to steps and Chanel gives Sarah her ID. It is a white woman, but literally looks nothing like her. And Chanel is like, it doesn't matter. All that matters is it says that you're 21. And Sarah stops her one more time to be like, does my outfit really look okay? And Chanel is like, (sighs) all right. So she borrows her friend's car for a second. They like sit in it. And Chanel is like, okay, you need to lose the top. And Sarah's like, why? It's from the gap. And I'm like, the answer is in the question, babes. So <laughs> Chenille's like, well, it doesn't matter. It makes you look country. So she has her take off her top. Like, luckily, she's wearing a tank top underneath because it is the 2000s and you are always, always, always layering. Never stop layering. <laughs> always layering. <laughs> she gives Sarah her hoops and then also decides to, instead of just discarding this top, uh, ties it around her head um, and they head into the club. So they step into the club. Snooki is DJing. Everyone's dancing. Some guy yells at Chenille that she's got it and like grabs her ass. So she goes over to him and grabs his balls, which I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like n- neither of these is the right action. No. Neither of these is the right action. And she's like, what do I have? Like, do I have the right to walk past your greasy, tickled dick without being groped? And he's like, yes. So that was bold. Like, already mm-hmm. off the bat, we're like, all right. And they head over to a lounge section to sit down. And Nikki's like, mm, they'll let anyone in these days. And Chanel tells her, yeah, they started with you. Then Nikki introduces Sarah to everyone and calls her Marsha. Oh, yeah, like Marsha Brady. Mm. So basically, Nikki keeps having an attitude and Chanel calls her out and Nikki tells Chanel that she's not walking on eggshells just because she brought the Brady Bunch to the Negro Club. And Sarah's like, maybe I came to the wrong spot because I don't see any Negroes here. And then like everyone's like, oh, like she got you. And I'm like, um, I feel like this is like all 
like super like I just feel like people didn't have didn't talk like this like it just doesn't feel realistic yeah it just very much feels like this was written by a white person I don't I just don't I feel like it's fucking weird yeah that she says that <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say mm-hmm. oh and then Nikki like says something mean to Chanel she's like oh well you came here with one and they start to argue but Diggy tries to break things up and Chanel tells her if she keeps talking she's going to lay all her shit out bare and Nikki ends up walking away and Diggy's like, why do you have to burn her like that? And Chanel's like, I just can't stand the way she played my brother. So there's like a lot of dynamics at mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. that we know nothing about. Yeah. Basically, all we really get from this very weird scene is that Nikki and Derek used to date and she fucked him over in some capacity. We also got from that exchange we're supposed to be like Sarah's woke. Yeah. Like Sarah's like super progressive. Yeah. Um one thing that I also noticed actually was I mean I don't know if it was it was purposeful or not but Nikki's like outfit and styling and like hair in this scene reminded mm-hmm. me very much of the like uh, look that Maddie had in Euphoria at the New Year's party. Oh, that's so interesting. Which like was huge uh, all over like the internet it, and TikTok. Is that, that's the one year. where she's like banging on the door and mm-hmm. she's like her nails are like yeah. <laughs> she has like the the black like halter yeah. and like the actually their hairstyles are like super similar in these two scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like also the sleeves and everything. So I thought that was interesting. Fashion it always comes back around. Yeah. So after this moment, Derek walks into the club and Nikki immediately asks him to dance. And he's like, no, thank you. Like, if you think you can just pick me up again after that guy at Northwestern dumped you. So we get Mm. a little more backstory here. And she's like, no, he didn't dump me. I laid him off. And he's like, yeah, well, you fired me. You laid the other guy off. Now you're just looking for someone to dance with. Like, I'm not interested and walks away. And I'm like, good for you, King. Know your worth. Mm-hmm. Truly, Derek is like my favorite character in this whole movie. In this whole movie. He's the best one. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I like him and I like Chanel. Mm-hmm. I also just like Carrie Washington. Yes. Yeah. So Chanel tries to get a drink at the bar, but then she notices this guy walking over mm. and she kind of like turns her face and doesn't want him to see her. Right. And he's like, hello. And she says, he should be asking how his son is. And Kenny's like, I was working. I wrote in parentheses, sus. Yeah. (laughs) And he asked her to dance with him. And he starts like kissing her ear. And Chanel introduces Sarah to Kenny. And they like leave to dance. Sarah's at the bar alone. Chanel is off with Kenny. What could happen next? Oh my gosh. So they're dancing away. Sarah orders a rum and coke and a beer, any beer. And Derek walks up and is like, that was a mistake. Like, (laughs) you should have ordered their best beer. Like, clearly you don't actually drink. And she's just like, oh, whatever. And so he's like trying to make conversation with her. He asks why they're still standing here. Like, aren't you supposed to be dancing circles around me? And she's just like, oh, um, I don't really feel like dancing right now. And he's like, 
okay, because she was talking a big game before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, you're just at a dance club. Like, that's typically what people do here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you can dance, right? And she's like, yeah, otherwise I wouldn't be here. He's like, okay, then let's go. So they go to the dance floor. Sarah is trying ish to like get into the music but she can't really it honestly looks ridiculous the music eludes her i had a really hard time i mean throughout this whole movie but even in this scene too because derek starts like showing her some steps and like she starts getting into the music a little bit more I had a really hard time differentiating between when the dancing was supposed to be bad and when it was supposed to be good. Yeah, same. Because there really is not a huge difference, like not a noticeable difference between the two. And I think it also stems from the fact that like Julia Stiles has a very serious face on whenever she's dancing. Yes. Yeah. So that was something else that I noticed where a really seasoned dancer – Like, maybe not in ballet because you're kind of supposed to be invisible, but like any other style of dance, you have facials. Like, when you're especially with like hip hop, which is like a very much like I'm doing this in front of a crowd thing, you're like aware of the crowd to an extent, your face like shows the energy of what you're doing. So, for her to be so just fucking gone when she does it is very weird. And I'm like, are you enjoying yourself? Are you thinking? Are you, like, upset? Yeah. It goes between her being, like, deadpan to her just looking like she's, like, concentrating super hard. Yeah. Which, like, I guess makes sense when she's still, like, getting into hip-hop. But even when, like, she's supposed to be, like, succeeding and, like, doing a good job, it's just the the face-body connection is not not there. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're dancing together. Derek is trying to teach her some steps and Nikki looks over at her from their table and is like, oh my God, like that bitch doesn't have shit on me because clearly she can't dance. And um, yeah, Sarah and Derek just, they keep going at it. They're basically doing a two-step at this point, but we're working with what we can. So, Meanwhile, Malachi makes his way over to this guy at another table where someone is he's dealing drugs. Yeah. I did not notice that. <laughs> yeah, he like hands he's like fanning out money and stuff. He like hands over gotcha. some, yeah. some stuff. I think it's like a it's like a turf situation. Yeah, that makes sense. So they're enemies. They're trying to lay their claim. Mm-hmm. Malachi just goes up and he's like I'm going to start a fight. And he starts fighting the guy. Derek ends up coming over to defend him. And then he actually looks over because he's fighting the guy's friend and notices Malachi is beating this guy to a pulp. He's like probably already unconscious, like, you know, if not on the verge. And Derek comes over and he's like, Malachi, stop. Like, you got to stop. Like, Mm -hmm. you're about to get a manslaughter charge. Like, what's up? Yeah. So... He makes him get off. By this point, like, the club is, like, in an uproar. They need to get out. So they run out. Malachi and Derek jump the fence, and everyone else leaves through the front. So Chanel, Sarah, and Derek meet up. Like, they end up taking the train home. And Chanel tells her brother that he needs to stop hanging out with Malachi. And Derek is like, I, yeah, yeah, I've heard it before. 
Sarah tells them she lives five blocks away, so she's just going to walk home. And Chenille's like, no, there are too many boys out here that think they're thugs. And Derek offers to walk her home. I think she, like, protests at first, but eventually, like, agrees. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, you don't know this place. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. just fucking accept the nice gesture. Yeah. So Derek tells Chenille he'll be home in a minute. And Chenille tells Sarah she had moves tonight. And Sarah's, like, (laughs) slamming. I don't know if I would say Sarah had moves, but... She was moving. Yeah, she was. That's for sure. So as Derek is walking Sarah home, he asks if she would ever want to get together after school. You know, maybe he can help her work on her moves if she wants. And she's like, yeah, sure, if you want. So... Things are starting to get a little more friendly, maybe bordering on flirty. And he asks how she liked Steps, you know, when she got used to the music. And she's like, oh, no, it's not like I had to get used to the music. It's not the first time I've ever heard hip hop. And I'm like, really? Because that's what it looked like to me. But (laughs) he he asks if they're any closer to her place because they've been walking for a while. And she's like, oh, oh, we passed it. So – She's a little smitten kitten. She's a little caught up Mm -hmm. in this convo. And, you know, they walk to her door and she thanks him for walking her home. And he's like, okay, well, was that thanks like, gee whiz, I had a great time? Or was that thanks like, I'll bust a cap in your ass if you ever darken my doorstep again? And she's like, no, I would never bust a cap in your ass. And then they're like, hee, hee, hee. It's the vernacular. (laughs) It's the verbiage. Yeah. I'm like – this is not cute. So they they share a little laugh, and he's like, I'll see you at school. And before she goes inside, she thanks him for the dance. Yes. So Sarah heads home. When she gets into the apartment, her dad has, like, fallen asleep on the couch waiting for her. But he wakes up, and he's clearly pissed off. And she's like, oh, it's just out with some friends. And he's like... I just missed half a night's worth of work, so I hope you had fun. And she's like, I did. (laughs) And he's like, fuck me, I guess. Um, He's like, listen, you're 17. Go out if you want, but don't sneak around and don't make me worry about you. And she's like, oh, now that I'm old enough to take care of myself, now you're worried about me? (laughs) And he's like, If you want to go out, I need to know where, when, and you need to be home at a decent hour, like end of discussion. He's not even saying she can't go out. He's literally just like, can you tell me your whereabouts? Yeah. I think that's a pretty reasonable request. I don't think that's like unreasonable at all, especially because she has just moved here from suburbia. Like she's not... A seasoned city kid who, like, knows her way around Chicago. Yeah, exactly. So the next day, Sarah and Derek begin their their dance lessons. And he tells her, you know, hip-hop is more than a dance. It's an attitude. You know, you need to loosen up and let the music kind of flow through you. And he tries to get her to, like, have some attitude and, like, 
grunt with him and like teaches her how to like sit on a chair like a dude and how to walk with attitude and we get some choreography where they're sitting in the <laughs> chair and they're like moving around which is apparently like the same choreo from an InSync video I want to say oh really yeah um they do a little footwork and after this montage she asks him if he always wanted to be a doctor and you know it's kind of out of nowhere, but we're having this convo now. And he's like, yeah, but I got to get into college first. And he wants to be a pediatrician because he loves kids, which is very sweet. Yeah. Sarah's like, oh, do you have any? And he's like, no, do you? Because what a weird thing to ask a fellow 17-year-old. <laughs> And she's like, oh, sorry, like, I wasn't I wasn't trying to be smart. And he's like, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. And her response, oh, this dialogue, her response is, excuse you, I'm brilliant and cool. I would be like, so we're <laughs> done with the lesson, right? Yeah. Don't talk to me in school. <laughs> and then his response to this is to do a little spin and the splits um, with a very obvious, like, stunt double and then she does some like we, we pan back it's like a white guy we pan he gets up and we pan back it's like him again mm -hmm, essentially and then she does like a little ballet move and he's like oh Very my cringe. god what was that and she's like rondejam <laughs> attitude and I feel my skin crawling. We see him like spin and do the splits, but like the camera like goes in and out. It's like Kenny Ortega and we go back and we go forth and it's him again. <laughs> oh my or God. Or better yet, we go back and it's Kenny Ortega in a wig as <laughs> Julia Stiles. Oh my God. <laughs> now that I would pay to see. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, she basically tells him that she used to dance but she doesn't anymore and she doesn't want to talk about it. It's not a big deal. So boom, boom, shut down. End of conversation. Back at home, Sarah calls her BFF and talks about how slamming the club was. And her friend is like, oh, my God, have you seen anyone get shot yet? Oh, my God. Again, with the just like hitting the the nail on the head is that what it is like or like beating just like, you over the head with it yeah beating you over the head with like the people and sarah's last hometown they were racist and these people are like nothing she's ever been with before like mm -hmm. just super overplayed yeah and she's like sarah i'm gonna pray for you you're in the ghetto <sighs> you know forget about the <laughs> God. this conversation is absurd she's like mm -hmm. forget about the drive-bys you know, how are you supposed to meet anybody? And she's like, actually, like, I have met someone and he's really cool. And she's like, they have white guys at your school? And Sarah's like, no, um, actually, they don't. I'm just like, her friend is off the hinges in this conversation. Yeah. She's out of her damn mind. <laughs> I get if they're, they're trying to go for, like, some, like, microaggressions with, like, her friend mm -hmm. who, like, is obviously has not been exposed to like a lot of diversity and probably has like never been to Chicago or like maybe even a big city. They're trying to show that like contrast between Sarah's old life and her new life. But it's just like 
everything she says, it just, it keeps going and going and going. And it's just like, these aren't microaggressions. These are just like full on like racist comments at this point. Yeah, exactly. It, the The phone call is absurd. Yeah. Like it's, it's too over the top. <sighs> so after this scene, um, we go to school the next day and Malachi is cornering this crying girl in the bathroom and yelling about how he wants his money and she's crying and she's like, well, I don't get paid until next week. And that's when Sarah comes in and she sees him actually slap this girl. Mm-hmm. So she yells at him to stop and the girl uses this chance to like run out. He tries to grab onto her, but she bites him until he lets go and she escapes. So Sarah then tries to run out, but Malachi shoves her up against a stall and is like, you didn't see anything, so don't say anything to anybody and walks out. Later on, or like maybe on the weekend, um, Derek and Sarah are walking through the street and he tells her about how he stole a bike from this like area once. And he's like, yeah, I used to do wild shit like that with Malachi. And Sarah's like, hmm, I don't get you. Like you seem so different. Malachi is scary. And Derek is like, well, he's tough because he has to be. He still has a good heart and he may do some shit that I'm not down with sometimes, but he's never going to cross him off and be like everyone else because it's pretty clear everyone else thinks he's like a lost cause, like he's mm-hmm. just bad news. Right. Spoiler alert, eventually he does cross him off, like mm-hmm. <laughs> because again, Malachi is like a one-dimensional character. Yeah. And... um. Sarah asks how he's not down with the stuff he does, but he's down with him. She's like, that's kind of hypocritical. And Derek is like, he's my friend. And he tells her a story about how a while back they broke into a liquor store to steal from the cash register and they barely made it out of there. Um, But the cops were chasing them, so they had to split up. And the cops were closing in on Derek, so Malachi smashed some car windows to distract them and he was the one that got caught and like no matter how many deals the DA offered to turn over Derek's name he never did so the reason Malachi is in juvie is because he sacrificed him getting arrested Mm -hmm. so that Derek could be able to like pursue his dreams and go to Georgetown become a doctor etc etc so it's clear that like Malachi really cares for Derek and mm-hmm. wants him to succeed. And like this is where I have an issue because like we have this this backstory that's now been painted, right? But then in mm-hmm. all of Malachi's conversations with Derek, he like very much looks down upon the fact that Derek wants to like go to college and like pursue this other career. So I'm like which one is Yeah, it, like, it doesn't align. Yeah, so like after hearing this whole story, Sarah's response is, I stole a hat when I was 12, but my mom made me give it back. (laughs) Again, I would say, I have to go. Yeah. (laughs) Don't text. (laughs) I'm changing my number. Do not contact me. But they do have some, like, banter. And he's like, oh, I'm going to turn you over to the FBI. And he actually asks if she was close with her mom. And why she never talks about her. And so this is where we find out that, like, he knows that her mom passed away. And I'm like, right. Never saw that convo happen. But yeah. whatever. 
So she's like, well, there's nothing to say. And he keeps pushing her to, you know, say anything about her mom. And she just goes, she's dead. What do you want me to do? Run through the streets screaming? And she just tells him to drop it. And he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to press you. So then he asks if she's tight with her dad. And she's like, oh, yeah, we're super tight. Our DNA matches. She's like, well, I did change the conversation to my life, but I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so Derek takes her to this building. He said that he worked in a furniture store here, like over the summer or something. Mm-hmm. And Derek teaches Sarah some more dance moves. There's a really cringe montage because she does not look good doing the moves. <laughs> and Derek has her like stick her butt out and like get low. It just looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. So next thing we know, we're at Chenille and Derek's apartment. And Sarah is admiring this dress that Chenille has on a mannequin. And Chenille's like, yeah, it's actually, I made it for Tanisha. She's going to, you know, pay my way through design school at this point. And I genuinely forgot about this plot point because it is literally never addressed ever again. The fact that, of like, course. Chenille wants to, like, be a designer and has an affinity for clothing and fashion. We never touch on it again. Why would we when she has a baby? Yeah. So Sarah then asks Chenille about her mom. And Chenille basically talks about how their mom is in prison for drugs and that – or she was in prison. But when she got out, she just took off. And she talks about how Derek used to think, you know – when they were kids, that she was going to come back, but eventually he grew out of it. And Chanel kind of looks at Sarah and she's like, do you like Derek? And Sarah's like, what? Like, you know, I don't. What are you talking about? I don't like Derek. But she obviously does. I don't understand how, like, that topic flows into her crush. I think she just, like, she sees Sarah's response to like hearing this information about Derek and is like, you seem to have like a a vested interest. Like, are you interested? But anyways, they hear Mama Dean and Derek cheering in the other room. So they rush out and oh my God, Derek has gotten his acceptance letter from Georgetown. Crazy timing, but good for him. Yeah. Everyone is super excited. Everybody congratulates him. He hugs Sarah. It's like a really wonderful moment. They're all really happy and excited. Mm -hmm. Also, their grandma is like super supportive and nice. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, when they go to steps, like she takes care of the baby for the night Mm -hmm. and like she seems super loving towards Derek and Chanel and she's super happy when he gets into college. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, down the line. Maybe it's the next day or maybe it's that evening. Derek decides to take Sarah out on a date and surprise her. And she's like, oh, where are we going? He's like, no, no, no. Like, it's a surprise. And she's like, oh, my God, you're trying to surprise me. Like, we're celebrating you. And he's like, well, we can celebrate together. He's very sweet. Mm -hmm. So they get on the train. They go to this surprise. And this, like, old white woman on the train just keeps, like, looking over her shoulder, like, staring at them. And Sarah's like, oh, Derek, like, we have an audience. Work with me. And so she, like, starts kissing him. He starts kissing her neck. And, like, they're touching each other. Like, they're just getting, like, super PDA-y. 
And this woman gets so mad that she gets up and moves and they like laugh it off. This is also like came out when we were six, but I think I have like a skewed perception or just like a very like specific way of viewing interracial couples because I have so many people in my family who like are interracial couples or mm-hmm. like people that I like grew up with because there are a lot of Hispanic and black people in my hometown. So there really wasn't that same level, at least not from the circles that like I was in, but I'm sure like undoubtedly at school and stuff like I'm sure teachers could be like racist or like, I don't Mm. know what people's individual experiences are, but the idea of like being with someone who is a different race than you was never like questionable Mm. to me. Yeah, I mean, same, like, in my high school, because I, like, went to an international school in Singapore, there were people from, like, over 60 different countries in my school, so I feel like a majority of the relationships were interracial relationships. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, like, this is an experience that I just don't know what it was like, yeah. It's also different because it's, like, America versus Asia Yeah, like the politics and the history and the social structures are all very different. So it's just like not an experience that I really know anything about of like, especially what it would have been like in 2001. Yeah, yeah. I do know that there was definitely like pushback when my parents first got married. Mm -hmm. But that was at the end of the early, like maybe like 1990 or like 1989 or something Mm -hmm. like so. A decade before this movie came out. Yeah. So after this scene, after they get off the train, Derek shows Sarah the surprise, which is that he's taking her to the ballet. An amazing day. I would be like, yeah. if that was my surprise, I'd be like, uh, are you are we married now? Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's super thoughtful, really sweet, just like another reason that I love Derek. And yeah, Sarah is shocked, not positively though. She is like negatively shocked and <laughs> tells Derek that she can't go in there. And he's like, I'm like, this man spent his fucking savings on you. Yeah. He's like, but this, this is your surprise. Like, don't you want to go? And she's like, yeah, sure. Like, she's super freaked out, but she does agree. They go in. They watch the show, and Sarah is, like, so engrossed the whole time. It's, like, it's kind of a bittersweet moment because you can see mm-hmm. how much she, like, loves the the form. Like, she loves ballet, but also you can see, like, that push and pull in her heart and how much she misses it. Yeah. And she's even, like, holding back tears by the end of it. And afterward, they go out, like, this area that's, like, you can look out onto the water. I don't know really how to describe it. It looks almost like they're on a pier or something. Yeah. And Derek is like, oh, I I thought you would really like it. And Sarah's like, I did. But he's like, it doesn't seem like you did. Mm -hmm. And he says he doesn't understand why she decided to wake up one morning and just waste her talent. And she asks him how he knows she has talent and Derek's like I saw it on your face when you did ballet and I saw it on your face tonight it's like a goofy happy 
And he tells her if she's not going to tell him something about like not dancing, at least tell him something real. Yeah, like he's really trying so hard to like get to her. He's being so nice. Yeah. And not just nice like, oh, I did this for you. You should be happy. You should be thanking me. Just like if we're going to be together, I need you to like take this wall down. Like Mm -hmm. I need you to be real with me. Yeah, he's trying to really connect with her. He's, like, showing yeah. an interest in her hobbies because, obviously, like, they've been doing a lot of hip-hop together, which is very much his thing. But he's, like, very actively reaching out to connect with her, mm-hmm. which is, like, so, so sweet. So Sarah's, like, maybe I don't want it to be real. Maybe I want to wake up and see my mom again. Sarah tells Derek that her mom died because of her because she made her rush to be there for her Juilliard audition and that when she looked out during her audition and didn't see her mom, she was mad at her. We can really tell that's the first time Sarah is admitting Mm -hmm. that her mom like passed away while she was mad at her, which is like a really difficult thing to do to like Mm -hmm. have that like they basically had an argument before she went to her audition and to feel like it's your fault that your parent passed away is yeah. is just so hard. So Derek reassures her and tells her that it was not her fault her mom died. She would have wanted to be at the audition. There isn't a world in which she wouldn't have rushed because she loves mm-hmm. her so much. And Sarah tells him that her mom always did what was right for her and that she always wanted to be prima ballerina even if it took all of her time and all of her money and it was her stupid dream that killed her and Derek tells her that her mom would have wanted her to keep pursuing her dream and Sarah's like I just don't know like I don't know if I can do it without her and Derek asks her if she still wants to go to Juilliard and she tells him yes so he says then you have to make it happen I think this is probably my favorite scene in the movie. I think it's the most like connected and like grounded scene that we really get. And I really credit a lot of that to Sean Patrick Thomas in this scene. I think mm-hmm. that he is just like so cracked open and so there with her. Like you can see it in his eyes the way that he's looking at her. Mm-hmm. And um I think that's what really this is like the only time that I really see them like connecting as a couple is in this yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I totally agree. This is the most I really felt invested mm-hmm. in the movie. I feel like they were both being really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like it felt emotional to hear her talk about her mom's passing. Mm-hmm. And it really like highlighted the fact that she was turning over like like just just being able to cope Mm -hmm. and him being there and like allowing her the space to do that can't say that this scene really does anything for Derek as like a character Mm -hmm. other than just to connect with her yeah so that's kind of a bummer that like the most present scene we get is not moving anyone's character forward except for her yeah so. it's, it's not like equal yeah in its development yeah I, I agree with that for sure which is a shame because it's the strongest scene <laughs> in the, yeah, in the yeah. movie 
But I think that one of the things that makes this scene better than pretty much all of the other ones is that the writing doesn't feel like caricature, whereas in a lot of other places Mm -hmm. it does. Like, it just feels a lot more genuine here, and it feels like two people talking to each other rather than, like, two stereotypes talking to each other. Yeah. So I wish there was more of this throughout. Yeah. Um, And I would have loved to see a place anywhere in this movie where Sarah was, like, there for Derek in some way. But we don't really get that reciprocation. No, no. What is up, everybody? I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we host Comic Book Club, a weekly live talk show and podcast about comic books, 7 p.m., Crowdcast and YouTube, as well as your regular podcast listening places, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. And every week... We bring on the absolute best guests from the world of comic wow, book, right? Comic statement. books, TV, film, we cover everything. You can come be part of the magic and um, uh, lightly insult us throughout our recording, Tuesdays at 7, or just listen on your own time. Yeah, We also have comedians on there as well. It's a fun time. Yes, thanks. It sounds like you're having fun, Pete. Uh, Pete actually <laughs> is the guy who hosts our trivia where you can win a $25 gift card to Woo-hoo! Midtown Comics every single week. You can use it in the safety of your own home. Come check us out. We would love to chat with you about comic books. Have a little fun. Talk about some old four-color funnies. Ah, nice. Fresh ref to close it out. So after this, uh, Derek walks Sarah home and asks if he'll see her tomorrow, and she says yes. You know, I promise I won't have a nervous breakdown. And they do finally kiss for the first time. They, like, make out a little bit, and we see Derek walking home, and he totally has a little pep in his step. That I thought was very cute. And when Sarah gets upstairs, she goes into her closet and ends up taking that keepsake box down and pulling out her point shoes and putting them on for the first time wow i actually saw a tiktok fairly recently of a bunch of ballerinas being interviewed about like how many point shoes they go through per month it's a lot insane there's no way she only has one pair of point shoes absolutely not absolutely not and they are super expensive like it being a ballerina is cost prohibitive that's for sure And it's crazy because you have to spend so much on these expensive point shoes Mm -hmm. and then you have to break them in and literally like partially destroy them. them. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Um, The next day, Sarah practices point and Sarah actually tells Derek she called Juilliard for an application and found out they're holding auditions in Chicago next month. But she's like out of shape and it hurts And Derek is like, you know, we're going to get in shape. Like, let's, you know, jog around the room. Like, I'll do push-ups. And she's (laughs) like, that's not what I, like, need to do. Yeah. (laughs) So Sarah enrolls in a ballet class. Derek, like, watches her. After this, From I mean, from what we see, it's one class. She's like, okay, well, I have the ballet portion down, but I'll (laughs) need help with the free form. (laughs) Sure, girl. Mm -hmm. So they continue with their hip-hop classes and – Sarah, like, practices around town with her headphones on, just, like, doing the moves. We see, like, a shot of her wrapping her toes and soaking her feet. So she's really putting in the hours, if you will. Yeah. 
So after doing all this work, they decide to take a little night off and go to Steps just for some recreational dancing. And Derek brings Sarah out onto the dance floor. And I think this is supposed to be like good dancing, but yeah, I can't really tell. But I'm really judging by, like, people's reactions to it. And they seem to be into it. She's doing, like, a little step turn thing. People are cheering. Everybody's having a great time. Except for Nikki. And Nikki's like, okay, time for me to go squash this. So she walks down to the dance floor and manages to, like, dance her way in between Sarah and Derek. So, like, Sarah starts dancing with Snooki and Nikki is dancing with Derek. And she's, like grinding up on him it's like they're they're getting in a groove because they like actually have chemistry together on the dance floor (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Derek is you know having a great time and Sarah gets upset upon seeing this so she leaves the dance floor while Derek is fully like locked in on Nikki and Sarah just kind of like watches them from across the club And that's when Malachi comes up to her and he's like, you're never going to look as good as Nikki does with Derek. That's oil. You're milk. No point in trying to mix. And then walks off. I'm like, do you know how cake is made, Malachi? (laughs) True. Um, So Sarah is quite hurt by this comment. Derek finally realizes that Sarah has been gone for several minutes. So he... (laughs) disengages from Nikki and goes to find her and he you know eventually does find her by the bar and she's giving him the cold shoulder he's like we were just dancing like you were dancing with Snooki the music was going I thought we were all just having a good time but you know he can see that she's very upset and he says that there's nothing going on between him and Nikki anymore and he didn't mean to hurt her and he apologizes great way to handle it even if it wasn't your intent clearly she's upset you own up you apologize and like move forward i'm glad this didn't turn into like a big huge conflict and unnecessary yeah because that would have been so annoying but it's brewing it is it'll come up soon (laughs) yeah so sarah does soften and smiles and asks if he wants to head out and they they leave the club They head home and Sarah actually brings Derek up to her apartment and puts on some music and he's like, where's your room? She's like, right here on the couch. Mm. Actually, my dad is going to be at work all night. So Derek starts kissing her and they start taking off each other's clothes. Later that night, I I think, I think it's the same night, but I really don't know. I think it's a different day because he's wearing like a... He's wearing, like, a jumpsuit that looks like a work jumpsuit, but we don't okay. ever hear about, like, him having a job, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> but he does meet up with his friends at a diner at some night, and they ask about, like, the new circle he's running in with that white girl, Sarah. And they say he doesn't have time for them anymore, and to be careful, because white women bring nothing but trouble. And Derek is like... That's not white women. That's all women. And Malachi is like, listen, I want to go to the West Side to get back at the guys who got in my territory at Steps last week. And Derek is like, please don't do this. Like, you just got out of juvie. They have guns. And Malachi is like, yeah, I have one too. 
flashes his gun, and Derek is like, Okay, Malachi, you're gonna create a lot of chaos and madness. Mm-hmm. I really think you shouldn't do this. Yeah. So Malachi tells Derek he's acting like he doesn't know who he is anymore. And that's what happens when a white girl goes to your head or gives you some. Whoa. Whoa. And I'm like, Malachi, didn't you go to Juvie so that he could have a chance at a future and like get into Georgetown? Yeah. (laughs) So I don't get this. It's not adding up. It's not. Then Derek says Malachi is too busy getting in his own way to see that there's more out there. And I mean, that is true. I definitely feel like it's like a bit like hitting the, again, like hitting him over the head with like, there's more to life. Like I got into Georgetown, like you can do it too. So I, yeah, I don't know if you've been friends with someone for like what, 15 years or like since you were kids, like you would talk to your best friend this way. I think it'd be a little more complex, but Malachi is like, I had some help getting in my own way. Referring to him having to take the rap for Derek. Yeah, it just, it doesn't paint this like much, like you said, like it doesn't paint this much more rich and like complex dynamic and front, like lifelong friendship between the two of them. So it's just like disappointing to see it so, this relationship gets so watered down for the sake of like, I guess like stakes, drama, storyline. Um but it's not even like a satisfying, well fleshed out storyline. So it's just like they sacrificed a lot for nothing. Yeah, it's a real shame because I feel like with that preface of them being friends for a long time, it could have been a much more complex story of like even the dynamic of him being like, I want to stay where I was raised. I want to keep doing what I'm doing and him being like, I'm working towards something else. I just feel like, yeah, there's a lot of missed opportunity. It doesn't have to be like, oh, the whole plot had to be shared with like their friendship. But Mm -hmm. in these moments, like there's so much more room for complexity and having these like deep conversations similar to um, Derek and Sarah after watching the ballet. Yeah. Like that was, you know, a real like vulnerable conversation between them. Yeah. And like I know we're we're being like very critical of this movie. Um, and like, I, I don't want it to sound like we're just like shitting on it for no reason. I think it's just like, there is so much potential for like a lot of really great stuff in this movie. And it's just like frustrating to see it not come to life. And it's not like this needs to be necessarily like a super hardened, gritty drama, because that's not what this movie is trying to be, right? It's trying to be like a, a romantic, like, dance movie kind of like fish out of water marriage of two worlds story yeah and that's fine like it doesn't have to be like oscar bait but we've seen a lot of movies that are of this like 2000s like romance genre that do like handle these types of themes or just like darker more serious like themes in general yeah in a way that does justice to them and I just, like, don't feel that way about this movie. I think Sean Patrick Thomas is a really talented actor. I think Carrie Washington is a really talented actor. But I don't think this is a good script. Like, I don't don't feel like... I've seen other movies from the early 2000s and late 90s. Like, I don't feel like this sounds natural. I don't feel like it's the way people talk. 
I have friends. I feel like this isn't the way friends talk with each other. Like, it just feels really stilted and weird. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I agree. I think there's just like so much more potential and it's not a comedy. So I don't, I'm not giving it like the forgiveness of like, oh, well, it's kind of weird, but it's like a funny story. It's mm -hmm. all, it's all a drama. <laughs> yeah. So like you have nothing if you don't have that like drama and conflict and like mm -hmm. these things happen, but it, it does. I mean, to prove my point, there is a literal Wayans Brothers parody of this movie. Yeah. So it's clear that, like, many people think that this movie mm -hmm. is, like, cringe. It, totally. Yeah. But we're going to keep we're going to keep going along and finish her off. So we go to school the next day and Sarah is playing basketball in gym class. And Nikki, who is, like, on her team in the game, gets mad at her because she accidentally, like, knocked the ball over to another player who scores Meanwhile, Derek is playing basketball with his friends, like on a court outside. So we got some parallel shots here. And Sarah tries to like block a shot, like somebody's trying to score. And she ends up hitting the ball and it smacks Nikki in the head. So Nikki pushes Sarah up against a wall. And then Sarah tackles her actually and it's pretty bold yeah i was not expecting this like much of a fight like it, mm -hmm. it actually like they are literally like beating the shit out of each other on these mats in class and the teacher has to come and like break them up meanwhile back to derek him and his friends are playing and that's when malachi's like rivals drive by and actually shoot at them that's crazy yeah everybody ducks immediately except for malachi who's actually shooting back at them and it just now has occurred to me that like he had a gun on him while playing basketball and that feels like very feels like a dangerous game he's also like 17 mm -hmm. and it's it's pretty shocking mm -hmm. and not something that i can relate to to have the boldness to be in that situation and not mm -hmm. duck like yeah. he's like shooting which also makes me think that he doesn't have a high regard for the value of his life yeah or he thinks he's invincible which is that's honestly really scary to see in a 17 year old because yeah. that means they've gone through some serious shit yeah absolutely luckily nobody seems to have been shot or hit during mm -hmm. this incident but it is it is really scary and um, definitely, like, jarring to see. Yeah. So we cut back to school. Sarah and Nikki sit in the gym. Looks like they're, like, in detention. And Nikki's like, this isn't over, bitch. And Sarah says, she doesn't even know why it started, bitch. And Sarah thinks it's, like, about Derek. And Nikki is like, it's about white girls like you taking our men, the whole world isn't enough. You have to conquer ours too. And Sarah says that she and Derek like each other. And if she has a problem with that, then like screw her. So that night, Derek goes over to Sarah's place to check on her after this fight. She actually has some like scratches on her face and like she has a giant kind of like wound on her eyebrow. Um, so it was like, it was a very serious fight. Like, there were some very serious 
injuries sustained from this. Mm-hmm. And when she opens the door, he's like, oh, my God, are you okay? And she tries to assure him that she's fine, like it's not a big deal. And that's when Sarah's dad just, like, walks up and stands behind her and stares him down. And Sarah's just like, okay, like, now isn't a good time to talk. I'll call you later. And very abruptly closes the door on him. It's very uncomfortable. And Sarah goes to sit on the couch while her dad brings over, like, a wet washcloth to help, like, I assume with, like, ice and stuff to help with the swelling. Yes. A couple days later, they're at Steps, and Malachi is talking to Derek about getting payback after the drive-by. And he tells Derek he's either in or out. While they're having this conversation, Snooki and Sarah go up to them, having just been on the dance floor. Malachi is very mad that they interrupted and literally kicks Snooki to the ground and he's like, yeah. oh, I thought you liked it down there. Like, I saw how quickly you dropped when that guy, like, you know, came out with his gun. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So they start arguing. And Sarah asks Derek if he's ready to leave. And Malachi is like, I'm talking to Derek. So if you have to leave, then you can see yourself home. And Sarah's like, fuck you. And I'm like, I don't think what Malachi is saying is right, but I don't think the right response is fuck you because he's clearly mad. You know how mad he gets. Like maybe just like take a step back for a second. There's no there's no good outcome from you saying fuck you to him. Exactly. So Malachi charges at her. So Derek pushes him back. Malachi is shocked that Derek has Sarah's back, but won't cover his. And I'm like. I mean, there is a bit of a difference between, like, going home with someone and mm. shooting people, but yeah. I digress. And Derek is like, that's because you're wrong. And Malachi tells Derek that he's not worth shit anymore and tells him to get out of his face and take that trailer trash hoe with him. So Derek punches him. He's like, this is the last straw. And Malachi looks at him, and it's actually, like, I, it is really devastating just because yeah. they they have been friends for so long and and Malachi really put his shit out there to save Derek's ass. Mm-hmm. So for him to hit him, it was like a big shock. And he doesn't hit him back. No. He just is like, holy shit. Yeah, you can see like it's so clear on his face like how yeah. hurt he is emotionally. And I, th- yeah. I think it's like way more powerful the fact that he doesn't retaliate definitely which yeah it it was a really it was a really striking moment like no pun intended but like emotionally it was a very striking (laughs) moment to to see yeah yeah so we then go back to Derek and Chenille's apartment where um Chenille's baby's father Kenny has come to pick up Christopher supposedly to like take him for the weekend for the night But Christopher is screaming and crying. Derek comes in, like, he comes home from the club trying to calm the baby down and hold him. And Kenny is like, why is he crying? And Chenille says it's because the baby doesn't know him. Like, he's not around. He's like, well, what should I do then? And she says, maybe come around more often. And he's, like, very defensive. And he's just like, I can't talk to you. And I'm like bro like you are not involved in this child's life like 
these are the consequences of what happens with that. So she tells him that the baby has needs and like those needs require money. And he's just like, oh, here we go again. And he starts like yelling at Chenille and says that he's trying his best, but he didn't ask for this. And she's like, I didn't ask for this either. Like, do you think I just climbed on top of myself and got myself pregnant? We are both equal partners in this. Yeah. And Kenny just gets really, really frustrated and he actually screams at her to get the baby's things ready and he'll take the baby to his mom's house. But she's like, no, you're not going anywhere with my son with that temper. And so he ends up storming out and leaves and she's like, yeah, good, go. Mm -hmm. That's what you're good at. Yeah, it's really sad to see. I mean, I also think at least they make Chanel seem like a really good mom. Like mm-hmm. it, she's really invested in her baby's life. Yeah. She's like, you know, it means more to me that I know my baby is safe. Yes. And with someone who isn't like infuriated and in, you know, a, a, a poor mood than it is to have a night to myself. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's pretty clear that she very much cares for her child. Yeah, absolutely. So fast forward, Sarah's at the clinic with Chanel and her baby They've been waiting a really long time. So Chanel goes up to the receptionist and asks her when she's going to be seen. Sarah looks around and just sees that everyone in the waiting room is black. So Chanel comes back and complains about the receptionist. And she's like, oh, did your dad flip out about the fight? Like, he probably thinks it's all Derek's fault. And Sarah's like, oh, no. Like, I explained. I told him it was Nikki's fault. And Chanel's like, I had to laugh at this, too. I was like, "Yeah, bitch, what? You tackled her. Mm-hmm. So Chanel's like, you put it all on Nikki? And Sarah's like, Chanel, Nikki started the fight. <laughs> and Chanel's like, okay, maybe she shouldn't have, but there was some reason to what she said. Sarah is shocked by this. And Chanel tells Sarah that she acts like people aren't bothered or hurt to see them together. And Sarah's like, I don't understand what the problem is. Like, we like each other. It's just me and him, not other people. And Chanel's like, just say it, Sarah. Black people, black woman. Derek is about something real. He's going to make something of himself. And she just comes in as a white woman and takes one of the few decent men left after jail and drugs. And Sarah tells her there's only one world. And Chanel's like... That's what they teach you, but we know different. And Sarah's just like, I thought we were friends. And Chanel tells her not to just be here to be here. Open your eyes and look around. And Sarah leaves. This is like a very complicated and very like layered thing that like I simply am not equipped to like unpack. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I've definitely seen a lot of discourse about the treatment of black women by black men over like the way that some of them treat white women and how it's often like at the expense of black women, like the whole concept of misogynoir. It's a lot more complicated of an issue than Sarah is understanding and like seems Mm -hmm. more complicated than she seems willing to kind of understand. Yeah. I think that's the problem. I just wanted her to realize something or like, I feel like throughout the movie, she has this persona of like, oh, she doesn't see race. Like, she's totally, like, cool with, like, being around black people and stuff. 
But then there's like this opportunity to be like, maybe I need to open my eyes a bit wider. Mm-hmm. And she leaves. Like it's yeah. it's simply like, okay. Mm-hmm. I can't comment on the complexities of like a, a white woman dating a black man or a black man choosing to date a white woman. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's also weird that Sarah can't admit that she also fought Nikki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at at the very least, yeah, you know that you pushed this bitch. Like, mm-hmm. what's the fucking problem? I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's definitely you know there's there's like a white woman victim complex. Oh, going on. <laughs> white woman, do you love to be like I'm a victim? Yeah. After this scene, Sarah goes to dance class with Derek once again. He's trying to coach her, but she keeps messing up and just gets really frustrated. She's clearly, like, kind of rattled by this conversation she just had with Chenille. And so he suggests that they take a break and they sit down and she does apologize to him for getting frustrated. She says it's just that the audition is next week and with everything going on at school, like, she just feels kind of weird. He tries to reassure her and says that everything's going to be okay and asks if she has picked out a dress for the main squeeze couples only night at Steps on Saturday. Ooh. And she's like, oh, yeah, like I get, we had talked about it, but I didn't know that we had decided we were going to go. Maybe after the fight, maybe we should cool it a little bit. And he is very blindsided by this and is like, do you not want to be with me or do you not want to be seen with me? Like, what's what's going on? And she says that she's confused. And he's like, what are you confused? Like, are you confused about me? And she's kind of like wishy-washy. She's like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And he's actually like very much trying to communicate with her and get her to like be clear with him about what she means because she's just kind of talking around everything and he's like okay so like are we talking about steps or at school or at the grocery store or museum like where do you not want to be seen with me and she's just like she just says i'm just trying to be honest i'm like you're not saying anything (laughs) this conversation is so weird dude yeah she just like no communication skills on her end. And she basically says that no one wants to see them together. They spend more time defending their relationship than having one. And it's hard. He's like, yeah, I mean, not everything can be easy. Like, that's not my life. That might be your life. And they like really get into it. And she's like, you don't know anything about my life. And he's like, I know that you you know, give up and you punk out when things get hard, just like with you quitting dance after your mother passed away. I was like, whoa. Which, uh, yeah, I'm like, you like, should not have said that. That was pretty crazy that mm-hmm. you said that. Yeah. So she understandably gets very upset and is like, how dare you say that? Like, how dare you talk about my mother? You don't know anything about her. Derek apologizes for what he said. And he asks if she's saying that she doesn't want to be with him. And she tells him that it's not like that. She's just trying to tell him how he feels and he's taking it personally. And I'm like, that's a crazy thing to say. To be like, oh, how could you take it personally that I don't know if I want to be with you? 
How, what other way could anyone possibly take that? So he's like, okay, I hit my best friend in the world in the face so that I could be with you. I have been taking shit from the people that I care about who care about me so that I can be with you because I've been telling myself that we're in this together. So yeah, none of this don't take it personally bullshit. And she's like, well, if I'm messing up your life this much, then maybe we shouldn't be together. He's extremely hurt by this. And he's like, you know what? I don't need this shit. I don't know why I bothered. He grabs his stuff. He's like, to hell with this and to hell with you. And walks out. Yeah. And then we get a montage. (sighs) Crazy by Casey and Jojo plays as Sarah walks through the hall past Derek and Malachi. Derek apologizes to Malachi and Malachi is like, it's okay. Will you have my back on Saturday? And Derek is like, I'll be there. This doesn't sound good. No. We cut to Sarah at home. Sarah's looking through like an old photo album when her dad comes in and tells her good luck tomorrow. He tells her he wants to show her something and... He opens up the sliding doors, which are fixed. Yeah. And he fixed up her bedroom. And I was also like tearing up at this point because it was really felt like a big Mm -hmm. step for them as like. Absolutely. In healing their relationship. And there are photos of her mom on the nightstand. And it's like her own bed and her own space and I think there might be even like a ballet poster that's hung up or something and he's also like oh you know I know you're too old for a twin bed and Sarah's like it's a nice bed Roy and he's like I didn't mean to mess up your life or your mother's and I don't deserve a second chance but I would like one and he tells her he had so much time to be a good father then you look up one day and You have a talented young woman who hates you. And Sarah's like, I don't hate you. I just miss mom. And she starts to cry and tells him everything is screwed up. And she tells her dad that Derek is mad at her and he won't be there tomorrow. She needs him there. She wants someone who loves her to be there for her. And Roy tells her that he loves her and he wipes away a tear. Yeah, this was another another scene that I thought was like really good because again it feels really grounded because mm-hmm. we strip away a lot of like the other caricature of this movie and just really focus on two humans connecting in a given circumstance. Yeah, and there's like a clear focus to the scenes as well. It's like what are we getting at here? Yeah. So the next day, it is in fact the day of the Juilliard audition. Derek and Chenille are at the playground. They're playing with Christopher and Derek just keeps checking his watch and Chenille notices like something's up. He's being really quiet and she actually ends up telling him about the conversation that she had with Sarah, what she said about Nikki, you know, about black men and white women. Derek is like, okay, now it's all starting to click in my head why we had this big fight. And Chenille apologizes and she's like, you know, I don't even like Nikki. I don't. I was just upset because of what happened with Kenny. And like, 
I don't know. Like a lot of what Chanel said had like a lot of validity and makes made sense. And I don't think it should yeah. just be like discounted by like, oh, I was just upset about this other thing. Like I totally didn't mean mm-hmm. any of that and it doesn't matter because that stuff does matter. I, I totally agree. That's what confused me because it's one thing for a conflict to be thrown in, like a wrench mm-hmm. to be thrown into their plan and Sarah being like, oh, fuck, like I didn't think about that. I got to think about that. Mm-hmm. Then for it to just simply be entirely washed away. Yeah. By Chanel being like, oh, I'm sorry I said this. There's nothing? It doesn't mean anything? Yeah, it just like really invalidates all of that. And I think it would have been more interesting and more satisfying to see like Sarah have to reckon with that and like grow from it. Yeah. Like her and Derek together because, you know, they're both in this relationship. But instead it's kind of like, oh, never mind. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, she then has this moment where she says to Derek, you can't help who you love. You're not supposed to. When you love somebody, you love them. And at least you found somebody who loves you back. So Derek is like, okay, I need need to go. And she stops him and she's like, listen, I know about what Malachi wants you to do. Don't do it. There's no shame in trying to like get out of here and live a different life. And... That's when we see Kenny walk over to Chanel and Christopher, I guess, to make amends. We don't really see it happen. He just is like, hey, and she's like, hey, and that's that's a wrap on that. Cut. Yeah, uh, you got you guys can head home. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we got it. We got to put the budget towards some some other stuff, some set pieces. So you, you're good to go. You're cut. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So Derek catches up with Malachi that night and he's like, listen, man, I can't come tonight. This is dangerous. I need to not be there. And Malachi pushes him. He's like, you punk ass bitch. But Derek says he's the one who doesn't have the balls to walk away. And Derek tells Malachi he's so much smarter than this. Listen, just walk away. Like, I'll go with you. And Malachi is like, I'm not you, Derek. I'm not going to Georgetown. All I have is my respect. And that's what I need to take care of. And Malachi gets in his car and drives off. So Sarah is at her house. She is getting herself all packed up for her audition. Her dad is actually taking her. Meanwhile, Derek is running through the streets, getting like trying to get to her house. He makes it there, but he has just missed them, so he starts running to the audition. Meanwhile, Malachi is driving over to the west side. So we see, like, all of these scenes kind of are, like, intercut back and forth. Mm-hmm. Sarah is doing her ballet piece. We see Malachi shoot at the rivals as they drive past. And as they're driving away... A few of the other guys shoot at Malachi's car and it catches on fire and crashes. They shoot the gas tank. Yeah. And there's an explosion. Spoiler alert, like shockingly, nobody dies. Everybody survives. And I think only one of them gets taken to the hospital. Yeah. the One of the guys from the diner. And it's the one who was like in the position that Derek would have been in had he mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, that's – they're trying to show us, like, what his fate could have been, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But we do see, you know, 
The friend get loaded into the ambulance and Malachi gets arrested. So in the audition room, or auditorium rather, Sarah puts out a chair and gets ready to do her contemporary piece. Just as Derek finally arrives at the venue, she starts her dance but like ends up tripping and the auditor stops the music and she's like, I wasn't ready. And he's like, are you ready now? <laughs> this judge has the most fucking annoying voice. Mm -hmm. Just like, he's like, I'm on camera. And I am the head of the Juilliard School. Like, it's, ugh. It's so <laughs> fake. Derek, from the back of the auditorium, just yells, she's ready. I will tell you, as someone who auditioned for art school. I was literally going to say. <laughs> this would never happen. First of all, there's never. someone outside of the door. Like, there mm. is someone who's like, you can go in. There's someone who escorts Sarah in. Yeah. When it's her turn. Like, you can't you can't just be, like, fucking in and out of the room, bro. Like, that is not allowed. No. I've auditioned for an MFA program. I've auditioned for a BFA program. Mm-hmm. There is pe There are people who run the audition. Yeah. And then there is the room that no one is in but the auditors. Mm -hmm. Maybe dance is a bit different. I could be wrong. I don't know. But, like, I'm pretty sure not even, like, a parent could be there. Like, at least in my no, auditions. No, you, you definitely can't <laughs> be in the room for sure. Right? I mean, like, when right? we audition for college, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's different for Juilliard, but at least every single, like, BFA program that I auditioned for, it was you and one person in the room. I did audition for one BFA program where – Everyone who was auditioning auditioned in front of everyone. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a nightmare. <laughs> nightmare! <laughs> I I did get into that school. Like, I, I did have a really strong audition. Mm -hmm. um, thank God, because I would have embarrassed myself. But it was so clear to see who got in and who right, didn't. Right, right. And it was so fucking unbearable. Mm-hmm. Because it was either, like, someone was really bad and they were just, like, like next. Mm -hmm. Or someone was, like, okay and she decided to work with that person yeah. and see if she could pull something out of them. And you, you would either see it happen or not happen and her be, like, okay, next. Yeah. And then you would see someone do something really great and she'd be, like, well done and not have to say – like, she'd be, like, you know, that mm -hmm. was great, like – next person and it was so clear who was not getting the time of day oh and who was God. getting the time of day that was crazy yeah there, I think that there was one school that I auditioned for that actually did that but that was the one school that their audition was like the week before I was in New York to do all of my auditions like I was in New York and Boston to do all my auditions so I auditioned uh, like I sent in a self-tape so I didn't have to do that but I remember my coach telling me that this one particular school, she encourages most of her – like she would encourage most of the people that she coached to send in a self-tape because she has had so many monologues like stolen from that audition where like kids will take these like sort of underground monologues that she has and then they become like super overdone like the next year. So she was like, send in a self-tape. And I was like, you don't have to ask me twice. Yeah. Um, and I did send Done. in a self-tape. And I did get in, but I did not go. Oh, what school was it? This is the school I was talking about. There you go. <laughs> I did that. I also got it. Imagine we go to together in an alternate universe. 
<laughs> oh my god, that would have been wild. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, we can go back to back to the audition scenario at hand. <laughs> okay, I, we we really went off on mm-hmm. Derek. So <laughs> Derek calls out from the back of the auditorium. She's ready, and he runs up to the stage, gets on the stage. Mm-hmm. He, the man gets on the stage. He goes. You can do this. It's not too late. Like, you were born to do it. She's like, the judge hates me. I'm like, he's right there. (laughs) He is right there. Yep. It's like, forget the judge. And also, like, I don't think we mentioned this, but there is some weird back and forth between them where he, like, references her auditioning the previous year. Oh, I don't remember that. I forget what he says, but he's like, do you have like a contempt a new contemporary piece pre- like some mm. he's being like snotty right Derek is like nobody is watching just me like show them some attitude so Sarah starts her dance again it is <laughs> truly unhinged it's it's really hard to even do justice like just how bad it is I would love to see a professional dancer do this dance. And see it look good because Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily – I do think this is the weird thing for me. I'm like this seems way more contemporary as opposed to hip-hop or like contemporary or like jazz. Slightly interpretive. Low-key fossy because it's like very like the pacing and the like hand gestures. The weird jumps. Yeah. So like – it just doesn't seem like at least what we would call hip hop now. Yeah. Or I mean, not even just hip hop. I I've, I watch like fucking millennium dance mm. studio videos and yeah. it's not that. So yeah, it's some sort of weird like fusion between like jazz and hip hop. But meanwhile, the song is like, live your dreams. It's not hard as it seems. And it's just so weird. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> After the performance, Derek starts cheering and he runs on stage and he tells the judges, you're crazy if you don't let her in. <laughs> and the judge goes, I can't say this on the record yet, but... Welcome to Juilliard. And Derek and Sarah celebrate. And she thanks him and they head off stage and hug. If I had known it was this easy to get into Juilliard, maybe I would have applied. Damn. Let's apply. (laughs) Guys, do you want to go with us backstage auditioning for Juilliard? Yeah, do you want to run into my audition and start screaming about how I'm ready? Let's do it. (laughs) So, yeah, she gets into Juilliard. We have one final scene at Steps. You know, Dara, Dara, their couple name. <laughs> that was accidental. Yeah. <laughs> but Derek and Sarah go Sarek. to <laughs> main squeeze night at Steps. Chenille comes over and she's like, oh, I heard you got into Juilliard. You know, if you ever need somebody to show you some new moves with real flavor, you know who to call. We have not seen Chenille dance one time in this entire movie. We did see her dance one time for about 12 seconds with Kenny. There's not even a shot at the end where Chenille's like, I made this dress myself. Like, we never mention anything about her dreams. What would have made sense if she was like, 
if you need me to make your costumes for your dance show. Yes, that would have made so much more. Wow, you should write a movie. I need to. I need to talk to the man who wrote this. Yeah. So they they've made up from their their quote unquote fight. I guess they hug. They they celebrate. Whatever. Snooky takes their picture, and then they all head out onto the dance floor. And actually, the dancing continues through the entire credit scene. I didn't watch the it all. The entire credit but, scene. But um, it does happen. And Nikki is also there. She's also dancing. Um, I don't know who her main squeeze is, but yeah, she's it's there. It's only couples tonight. Yes, because Chenille is there with Kenny, and that's how we know they got back together, is because they're mm-hmm. standing next to each other. But Snooki's not in a couple, so. I think he's DJing. Sure, yeah, fine. let's pretend. Yeah, that saved the last dance. <laughs> Okay, this movie, I mean, we talked about it a lot throughout. Yeah. So, like, you know my main qualms with it, but what really just is sad to me is, like, the wasted potential and the fact, like, we kind of talked about, there are so few movies that were, like, widely released in this way that were backed by a studio that had black characters at all, let alone, like, some black leads. So it's just a shame that everything had to be framed through the lens of this like white girl who never really yeah reckons with um her privilege or her place in this like predominantly black community and it just makes me sad yeah cuz i feel like they set up a lot of opportunities where it's like oh like we're telling you about our experience and she's just like uh like, doesn't have anything to reply yeah. or, like, contribute or whatever or, like, to, yeah, reckon with anything that she is going through. So, like, that was a bummer. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the characters we could have gotten more information about. We mm-hmm. – like, one of the things that I keep thinking about is, like, Carrie Washington's character. She shows um, Julia Stiles, like, this dress – that she made. Yeah. And I wanted to know more about her wanting to be a fashion designer and like pursuing that. And um, I wish it wasn't just one like small line. Yeah. I, I, they just didn't really follow through on a lot of the ensemble storylines. I think it's because they were trying to tell a lot of them. That's true. So unfortunately, Chenille's character is the one that slipped through the cracks the most. Like we definitely get more of the Malachi Derek mm-hmm. storyline because it's intertwined with Derek's and he's like one of the main characters. But with Chenille's like her, her dream to be a fashion designer, her like tumultuous relationship with Kenny that is like very inexplicably solved by the end of the movie. Like, yeah, there's just no follow through in all of these things, which are interesting. And I would have liked to have known more about her beyond just like, Oh, she is a teen mom and she's there for Julia Stiles and mm-hmm. that's it. I really liked the parts where they were in steps and where people were just dancing, like enjoying themselves. I wish that we could have seen more of all the characters dancing in steps. Like Yeah. So I thought Nikki 
because she's like dancing in the cafeteria when mm-hmm. um, Sarah first like gets to the school. Like I thought that she was going to be this amazing dancer at Steps. Like everyone's like giving her the floor. Like I just thought there would be more actual dancing mm-hmm. at least when we were at Steps. Yeah. So that was also like I think – part of what you were saying about how there were so many storylines that were trying to be told mm-hmm. where it was like, what happened here? <laughs> like, what are we, what are we, we've lost the plot. Yeah. I also kind of thought initially that there was going to be some sort of like competition element between Sarah and Nikki in the form of dance. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they were both yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to like go to Juilliard or like Nikki wants to be a professional dancer. Right. But instead the competition is, yeah, it's over Derek instead. And it's like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know that we were like really critical of this movie and I don't want it to come across as like us just shitting on the movie, but I think it's just like really unfortunate to see such wasted potential and like, mm-hmm. and see these like pretty hefty themes not dealt with in the best way. There's a lot of stereotyping that's going on mm-hmm. and a lot of that actually comes at the expense of black women for the most part. So yeah, it's just like, come on. Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like, the reason I'm being critical is because I feel like there's so much wasted potential. Mm-hmm. It's not the individual actors. No. Like, the actors were great. Yeah. I One of my favorite scenes is when Derek takes Julia – oh, my gosh. <laughs> Derek takes Sarah to see – um, the ballet, yeah. Ballet, yeah, the ballet. And they have that conversation after. And I'm like, oh my God, Derek is such an intelligent and intuitive individual. Mm-hmm. And he really cares for this woman. And like, I just feel like he was so grounded yeah. when he was performing. Like, I really feel like he was the one bringing the chemistry mm-hmm. and bringing the gravitas and like, yeah, I thought he he did amazing. Um, I I agree wholeheartedly. I think he really carries this movie, um, as does Carrie Washington. I would have loved the movie from his perspective. I think that would have been oh my god, really great. That would have been so good. That would have been so much better because he's the one going through the most. He's the one going through like reckoning with the people that he loves, making you know decisions that he doesn't want to make he gets into an amazing university Mm -hmm. he's you know juggling his family life his new girlfriend like there's so much going on (laughs) to be fair sarah is also dealing with like the recent passing of her mother so she does have stuff going on that's true that's true i did forget that for a second (laughs) but she yeah yeah but no derek i think i would have loved to see a movie Mm -hmm. where it's really through his eyes and i think that's the reason that we see yeah these characters like these like the ensemble in such kind of like a superficial way is because I think that's the way that Sarah sees them she has a very like simplistic worldview that doesn't have a lot of nuance so she's not able to like fully understand these characters and I think Mm -hmm. that shows through I don't think they did that on purpose as like a commentary on like right right white people's view but that's kind of what it did right and I think that what we're – the main thing that happens, right, the catalyst for all of this is that Sarah's mother passes away. Yeah. And we never really deal with that. Like she deals with it through the dancing for sure mm-hmm. and kind of re- like reconnecting with her father. Yeah. But for most of the movie, she's like just like kind of like brooding 
And it's not really until the ballet that we get that sort of like breakthrough that she needs to keep pursuing her dreams Mm -hmm. through dance. But it does feel like there's this competing plot of like Sarah and what she's going through and Derek and what he's going through Mm -hmm. while making Derek like a side character. Yeah. And Sarah the main character. Yeah, because – I, I can't remember if I said this earlier, but I think they were kind of going for like a Romeo Juliet type of mm-hmm. thing. But it's like if it was Juliet's story and Romeo is just the love interest, he's not like his own character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the ba- the balance is off. And I unfortunately, I don't think Julia Stiles really does enough for me in this movie to carry it. <gasps> I have to agree. I I like Julia Stiles. Yeah, she's a very talented I, actress, but something was off. I know. Well, I think that she is a very ballet body and and movements. And I think she like I I would believe it if she was like I studied ballet and like did that as a kid and then I became mm. an actor or something. The hip hop was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was I mean, we've all seen the YouTube video. Yeah. I get what they were trying to do, like a fish out of water story. It just didn't didn't work for me. Um, yeah. But if it worked for you, listener, like please let us know. I am so, so curious to hear other people's opinions about this movie. Yeah. Also, I'm not from like – actually, my dad lived in Chicago um, in the projects. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was specifically the south side where this movie takes place. But mm-hmm. – Yeah, I also am not from Chicago. I am like have not really experienced any of the things that these characters have. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you have any insight into those experiences, also please, if you want to share, feel free. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I guess should we rate it? Oh yeah, I think I'm gonna give this movie like I really I hate giving like low ratings. The deliberation. I hate giving low ratings, but I'm gonna give this movie like a five point five, and all of those points go to Sean Patrick Thomas and Carrie Washington. Right. I I'm actually gonna give it a six mm-hmm. because although I didn't really like the movie, yeah, the acting was great. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't like the movie and the acting was bad, I would have given it like a five. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, that's which fair. I gave another. Well, I I'll just. I'll tell you, I think I gave five, so I was like, this is not. That is true. Just in regards to the acting. Yeah, I I will join you on the six. I'll give the extra point five. Yeah, just beep out the name of the movie, I guess. Yes, Um, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Please, please do send us, like, your thoughts and your opinions on this movie. We would love to hear them. Mm -hmm. Um, And where can you do that? Oh, my God. On our Instagram. You can DM us. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can also send us an email at moviesthatraisedus at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. And if you want to join the Patreon, it's always at our link in bio and the link in the show notes um, and just get a little more information. See if it's something you want to sign up for. Yes. And uh, we will see you next week for our next back to school movie. Woo. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.